name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let us pray. Our dear, gracious, and merciful Heavenly Father, we have much reason to thank Thee as we gather this morning hour of grace in Thy name for Thy great faithfulness unto us, even though we are so and have been so unfaithful unto Thee. So many times our hearts are unsure and doubts fill us and we wonder about many things though we would want to believe and we would want to grasp fully that salvation that has been so freely given unto us through thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. But we thank thee that thou art unchanging there is no variableness or shadow of turning with Thee from everlasting to everlasting Thou art God as Thou hast been with Thy prophets of old so Thou art ever the same even this morning hour of grace so that we can confidently look to Thee knowing whatsoever Thou hast promised in Thy word so it is, and so it will be given unto us. For thou hast been faithful in all thou hast promised, and will do it. And so we gather again this morning hour to hear thy word, and also to partake of that precious sacrament for the strengthening of our faith. And we ask for thy gracious presence, though we should believe that thou art present where two or three are gathered in thy name. But yet we need to ask that we might know and feel within our own hearts that thy spirit is ever present with us to enlighten us, to guide and direct us, to reveal unto us those blessed truths of thy word and to direct our hearts in the way of righteousness and truth. So may thy blessing extend to every hearer who has gathered here this morning and those who are not with us physically but by other means are gathered with us. May thy spirit also visit their very hearts and souls and all who have asked for and are in need of thy consolation and help and who have asked us to remember them. We would now at this moment bring them before thee, both far and near, knowing that thy children are all precious and dear unto thee, for thou hast redeemed them with thy precious and holy blood. And so we thank thee that thou hast so loved us in sending thy only begotten Son, that even this morning through him we have a hope beyond this life. For here we have no continuing city but we seek one that is to come. So bless every hearer, and bless all thy children. And may thy word yet go forth to call and to awaken those who are in the land of unbelief and sin, many who are loved ones who even now weigh upon the hearts of many of thy children, mothers and fathers, thinking of their loved ones who are somewhere out in the world brothers and sisters who are in the pathway of unbelief, and even parents 
who are yet in the unsaved state. May thy compassionate heart yet consider them and draw nigh unto them in the means by which alone thou art able to accomplish that. And all these things we ask in the precious name of thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. So hear us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Next song is number 344.
May the grace, peace, and love of God the Father and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, be multiplied unto all the hearts that are gathered here this morning through the mighty power of the Spirit of God that is the giver of life. Beloved, I come before you this morning with fear and trembling. It seems that my own heart seems... I feel the deep motions and corruption of my own flesh. And, and, and that always is a hindrance unto me. Because in all things I would seek honor and pride and glory, and even in the matters that are the most precious matters. And beloved, I've come to understand that in the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, not one of us, not you or not I, can understand how deeply that fall was. That in the fall when Adam fell into sin, then from that we have all inherited a lust for the things that are contrary to God's word. Everything. There is not one single noble deed that a human being on the face of this earth can do, but this old flesh will come along to corrupt it. And in the most precious places, for the, for the speakers of the word even, if the word seems to open up, then we, we feel big and we feel proud about it. And we would want to preach the sermons that would affect all hearts. And, and we have these struggles. These are the struggles of, of, the, of, the, uh, of a preacher of the word of God. And beloved, when we consider the fall of man and what, what took place in the fall of man, he that was perfect, that God had created, and was, was found no fault or sin into him until he disobeyed God's word, and now completely undone, completely corrupt, and this flesh that you and I bear can only do one thing, and that is sin. And beloved, how precious it is then that we as sinners would be able to comprehend where eternal life abides and dwells. It's within the sanctified soul that we have, that soul that God breathed into the... into. <clears throat> into in the in the in the creation of man and he became a living soul to live and to to live forever or to exist forever it cannot become non-existent it's one of the other matters that i've pondered over and that when i considered death i used to think that death is non-existence but when i came to hear and know that death is always a separation it is always a separation. We know of natural death so clearly that the body is, the soul is separated from the body. In spiritual death, then the soul, the, the uh, um, spirit is separated from the soul of man. And then that man is eternally lost. And in the eternal death, then the soul is separated from the living God. So every time death is a, is a separation and not non-existence. And beloved, to this morning, we are about the matters that are the most important to every human being upon the face of this earth. And that would be that we would be the children of God, that we would want to, we would want to, to uh, uh, abide in heaven above for all eternity. And as far as then that great fall of man, beloved then, we cannot comprehend how, how bad we are because the, the flesh is our enemy. The devil, the world, and our flesh, 
We can easily believe the devil's our enemy. We can easily believe the world with all its lusts and desires uh, uh, could be our enemy. But how hard to believe that, that the me is, is the enemy. The flesh that was created, uh, uh, that fell into sin and I am a partaker of, is mine enemy. And then how hard it is then for us to consider that, yes, how, how misleading this enemy can be. And how strong then the Spirit of God has to be to overcome that. And oh, how we thank God that, that, that He has worked in the hearts of His children and that has placed the Spirit of God so that now we feel the great warfare of the flesh. The, the, between the Spirit and the, and the uh, flesh is that great warfare that you and I experience every single day. Every moment as we journey upon life's way, we do, we do experience that. And beloved, this morning as we are gathered here, I have one recommendation to all. To the smallest child that is listening, and to the youth especially, and to all. That you know how important it is that we would hear. It is so important that God has ordained that, that faith comes by hearing, by hearing God's word. How many times have you and I sat, and, and especially myself, sat at the services of God's children, sat at the services when the speaker is speaking, and then when we go out the door, hardly we do, do we remember what the speaker spoke of. But beloved, it is such that we as the children of God, in the last, very last moments of time, we know that we're, that the, that the clock is already, has already beginning to strike the last moments of time upon this earth. How important then is it, dear child of God, and for us to be awakened, especially in the prosperity here in, in America, that prosperity that brings forth the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. Because that's what Sodom and Gomorrah were like. They were prosperous, they had plenty of everything, and they were content with the natural. Oh, may God grant you and I this morning that all that matters to us is that I will get to heaven. Oh, how beautiful it is when, when we want eternal life above all. And you, you know, your little children, uh, how important it is for you to even believe this morning that you're a child of God. And you can believe freely that, that you have a guardian angel. And that guardian angel is with you and he will, he will help guide you and lead you unto eternal life. And how important then it is, children, that when we fall into sin, and you know what, a, the sins of, of childhood, they seem small to a grown-up, but to the child they can be big. If you lie, if you steal, if you, if you, if you get angry and fight, and all these things, they're, they're sin, absolutely sin. But when we understand how deep the fall of man was, and that this flesh is all sin, then, then, we can then we can understand also the little children. You know, I know for sure, you little children, sometimes you've lied when you didn't want to lie. You didn't mean to lie. Sometimes you've been angry. Sometimes you've been disobedient to mommy and daddy, and you really don't know why. I'll tell you why. Because you have the flesh, the flesh that wants to, wants to take and lead you already as a little child away from the things of eternity. I want to tell you little children that, that when I was a little boy and, and I, I came, my mother brought me to church. And you know the first memories of my whole life 
when I think back, how far back can I think? I remember sitting and I remember falling asleep in the church. And I remember the children of God singing, maybe it was the final song. And it sounded good to me. Oh, may it be in the hearts of all you little children that when the congregation sings the songs of eternity, that you, you would love it, that you would want to hear more and more about it. And when Mother talked to us about the end of the world and, and, and how, right, how we should be children of God and wanted to comfort us even, and how frightened I was when, when she said, you know, this world's going to burn up. Everything that we see, feel, and touch is going gonna, is gonna to burn. Oh, I used to be frightened, and I think, wow, what will that be like for me? But I want to tell you, little children, you have every right to believe that you're a child of God and that you're going to get to heaven. And now if you, if you sin, if you do those things that are wrong, then go to mommy and daddy and ask forgiveness for it. Tell mommy and daddy, I did this or I did that, and ask to hear it forgiven. And mommy and daddy will gladly preach that sin forgiven in Jesus' name and in his precious reconciling blood. And I remember how beautifully Pedersen that was in our midst talked about Jesus. You know, Jesus came down from heaven and he, he was God up in heaven and had all the joy up in heaven. And then when he came down to this earth, he became a man like you and I. Already in the, in the womb of, of Mary, that Jesus had become man, just like you and I. And how important it is for both elders and the young to realize that Jesus did all the work of redemption as absolute man. True man, the Word of God, our catechism teaches us that he was true man. And this is what he did as, as a boy. All his life, from, from the uh, journeying in the womb, he was filled with the Spirit of God. And then, and then when he was born into this world, he, he lived as a child. And he never sinned. Boy, that seems hard to believe. But Jesus never sinned. He didn't do one sin. His father was the Holy Spirit. His mother, his, was, his mother was the Virgin Mary. And God had sent him down as man to redeem you and I. And it would be good for you little children to re remember how great was this matter when God sent his son down here for you and I. And then, and Pedersen told us then that he walked a perfect walk. And he said, now when your children fall and, 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 you, and you lie or you cheat or you do some sin that bothers you, then know one thing, that there was one that didn't, didn't sin, didn't offend his mother, never swore, never had a bad, bad word, never, had a, never did he do anything that was wrong or contrary. And you know what? He stands for you today. He's, he, remember, he's the one that suffered and died and shed his blood to the last drop for your redemption. Now, as little children, you can believe upon Jesus. You can even picture Jesus walking just as old as you are, three years old, four years, five, six, seven, whatever you are. Jesus was that same age. And he redeemed, he walked a perfect walk so that now today you can believe your sins forgiven. So today, unto, unto you children especially, that you would take and believe that, yes, I'm a child of God, and that above all, already when you're, you're that young, that you would pray unto God 
and you would ask God to keep you a child of God all the days of your life that you might get to heaven there with mommy and daddy and with all the redeemed. How beautiful that is then, that we as little children can believe that we're, we're the children of God. And, and to, I want to encourage you because you know the world's going to soon end. And what does, the, what does the Bible tell us about the end of the world? It says, heaven and earth shall pass away with a loud noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. What manner of man ought we to be in all holy conversation? That, listen, and, and then it tells us that we should want to. We should be looking forward to that day when we're going to go to heaven. Because you know what, little children? Up in heaven, nobody sins. You'll never up in heaven, you'll never get tired. There's no night there. You'll never w want to get angry and say bad words. You'll never have a sin that bothers you and, and a thing that you, got, you want to go and talk to mommy and daddy about. Everything's going to be beautiful and perfect up there. There's going to be so much joy up in heaven, little children, that, that we can't begin to talk about it. Even as grown-ups, we can't even touch upon it. But it's going to be, in, in using your terms, it's going to be more fun than all the fun that has ever been experienced on, upon this face of this earth. That fun that is even, even is right and correct for, for, for the little children of God. And so, so then little children today, be, be, ex, be excited that yes, yes, it is, it is a good matter that I'm a child of God and heaven is my home. And that you would pray for, God, pray for mommy and daddy, you pray for the preachers like me, that we could continue to preach the living word unto you. And then above all, trust and believe on Jesus. Know that he loves you, he absolutely loved you. It was a huge matter for Jesus to come down to this earth, to take and shed his, his majesty and his Godhead and become man like you and I. And then not only that, to suffer and to pay the price of your redemption and mine. So today let us trust upon him and, and let us all today even have op open ears. Lestadius in his day, I spoke in one of his uh, one of the, the memories of le living Christianity. The Lestadius, when he was preaching the uh, word of God, he beheld uh, a, a person sitting in the back bench that was an unbeliever, and the, the devil was there in the form of a crow. And as every word came forth from Lestadius, the crow ate the word. The devil took and wouldn't want you to hear that word. The same thing for you little children when we talk, and all the grown-ups here, that when we, when we speak the living word of God, the enemy of the soul, the last thing he wants you to know, uh, wants you to hear, is what the word of God is being spoken. That word that is the living word of God. He does not, the devil does not want to hear that. But, and, you know, and uh, one thing that is clear in my memory about my mother and, and the many talks that my mother had with us, with us little children. She was a, in our eyes, my mother now was a saint. Those times, you know, we felt uh, uh, sometimes when, when we brought our friends to, we were brought up in Ringe where, where we were the only Christian family, and we brought our friends to, uh, uh, to our house to play. And then my mother would talk to those little children about the matters of eternity. And we as children, I know, I remember even feeling that, oh, I hope when I bring this new friend over that mother doesn't talk about the matters of eternity. 
And that's the way I was as a little boy already. Because I just, ooh, it was just a strange little thing. But my mother, and I don't believe she ever disappointed us. She did talk to the, she talked to every listening ear about the Savior and the need of repentance. And you know what my mother told me then? That she had a vision. And in that vision, the, 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 there came an elder to, to her. And the elder asked her this question. What does the devil and who does the devil hate the most? And my mother said that she answered the elder and answered right away and said, Christians. And the elder said, no, not so. He hates the blood of Jesus the very most. He hates that that is salvation unto us and unto you and I, beloved. He hates the blood of Jesus and he does not want to hear the blood of Jesus. He does not want to hear that spoken. For at the blood of Jesus, all, all of, all of, uh, all of sin must, must flee. At the blood of Jesus, the enemy of the soul must flee. At this, at, you know, the darkness is like the devil, is, is pictured as the devil, is pictured as hell, and light is always pictured as God. And you know when the blood of Jesus comes forth, it's like a, like a bright lit in the, uh, light lit in the darkness. You know when you go outside and it's pitch dark, you see nothing, and a bright light is turned. Darkness has fled, beloved. It has gone and disappeared because of light. And God is light. And so, so at the, at the blood of Jesus, like darkness, the all, all sin must, 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 uh, flee from, from it. But this morning, above all, and this has been the very most important thing upon my heart, um, it's uh, several things, but this especially, that do we know the living doctrine of, the, of, of Christ? Do we understand what, what that living doctrine is? How much there is spoken in this world about, uh, about the, uh, the preaching of repentance, how little, if any, of absolution and forgiveness. And today I would want to go through very simply as I understand it. And it is a simple, it is a simple way that man, that God has ordained for man to be, hear the word of God, to hear his sins forgiven. You know, as I spoke to the little children, that when God, when, uh, God, when Jesus became man and came down here upon this earth, then he was true man. And he had the Spirit of God in him. And now when he began the work of redemption, he went forth and, and healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, and, 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 and made the lame walk, and, and cleansed the lepers. And he did all the mighty works there. But he also said, Thy sins be forgiven thee. And you know that, when, when the mighty works were done, everyone, everyone was, I'm sure, was pleased that mighty works were done, except the Pharisees, because they hated Jesus. But when he said, thy sins be forgiven thee, a huge matter. Now when he, when he preached sins forgiven to the, uh, to the uh, sinners and healed the sick, there were those that glorified God and said, such power God has given unto man. 
that he preaches sins forgiven. Beloved, there is nothing in this whole world, nothing to any listening ear here today that matters except that your sins be forgiven. That's all. It's, it, and when our sins are forgiven and we believe they're forgiven, we are the children of God. The Spirit of God has entered in. And so in that day, the, the Pharisees said, Who can forgive sins but God alone? And I will sadly tell you today that I've heard similar words spoken by those that are in the realms of the church. That are in the realms of the church. And they will say that who can forgive sins? You know, God is the only one can for, forgive sins. Those that have been brought up in, in living Christianity using such words. And when I thought of this matter, then that's the reason that I, I want to speak of it today. It was then that Jesus healed the sick and they did all these works. And now Jesus, when he healed, he said... I do these works, I'm paraphrasing it, but this is what he intends. I do these mighty works so that you can believe I, the Son of Man, have power to forgive sins. I, the Son of Man, have power to forgive sins. That's what Jesus said. And he did all those mighty works. I submit unto you that the, all the healing of the, the, the different healings of leprosy and lameness and blindness are pictures that men live in, pictures of different sins that, uh, that bind the hearts of, 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 the, uh, of um, men and bind the hearts even of children of God when they are unable to believe because they've fallen deeply into sin, that I, am I redeemed. And now Jesus did all the mighty work of, of redeeming us. In the Garden of Gethsemane, we know that he was placed, the sins of the, the Father placed the sins of the whole world upon his Son and punished his Son for every sin that had ever been committed. For every sin that you little children, you teenagers have, have committed, that was placed upon the Son of God as, as uh, on the Son of God as man. There in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Word of God says sin was committed in the flesh. It had to be redeemed in the flesh. When God looked down on earth, He found no man that doeth good. No, not one. That's why He sent His Son. I want you to behold the love of God in sending His Son. Because he wants you in heaven and he wants me in heaven. You little children, that's God's great joy that you will be with him in heaven above. There to rejoice with him in all eternity. And so, so now he, he did, he did the, the father placed the sins of the whole world. And Jesus, the word of God says, groveled like a worm on the ground. He said, I am a worm and not a man. I have more sins on my head than I have hair. And he said, and he cried out, Father, if it be possible, this cup be taken away. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I repeat this so that may it enter the heart. May God, through the Spirit, reveal unto you and I what that was that the Son was going through when he was suffering because of your sin, because of my sin, and how great was the agony thereof. Yet the Father did not because he wanted you in heaven. He did not spare his Son, and I believe the Son was asking, is there another way that you can redeem man? If not, then thy will be done. And his will was that Father sent sent an angel to strengthen his, his son there in the Garden of Gethsemane. But then he, from there he went all the way to the hill of Golgotha. And beloved, on the hill of Golgotha, not even an angel came to strengthen him. He bore it all alone when he cried out that, My God, my God, 
Why hast thou forsaken me? He experienced what eternal death was like and what you and I should have to go through if we are un, if we remain, if we are in unbelief and, and, and do not believe. But there he, there he performed the work of redemption. All of nature could not bear to look upon the creator of them being, being cruci- uh, dying. The word, the, the history tells us that the, that the sun couldn't look at the one that had created it when the, when the sun died. The birds, birds in the air could not sing and he could not sing as their creator died. So great was that battle upon Golgotha. And yet that is where our redemption was won. That's where salvation was brought unto you and I. Because of one because of Jesus. It is not a wonder that every knee shall bow on that last day and say that he is Lord. God has ordained that, that all glory be to his Son. And when we glorify his Son, we glorify the Father for that which he has done. And beloved, then when he, he, he rose victorious over death, hell, and the devil, by dying he, he conquered death because he rose up from dead, from the dead. And so you and I can also live. And now, when he arose again from the dead, so important unto my own heart is this, that he appeared behind the locked doors. And now when he appeared behind the locked doors, what did he say unto his disciples? Peace be unto you. They, they, the doors were locked and now he had taken the majesty of God upon him. No longer did he appear to the unbelievers, but only to, he appeared to his disciples and those that were gathered behind the locked doors and said, Peace be unto you. Today, that's the desire of, of our Savior and Redeemer. Peace be unto you. And what is that peace? But that we can believe and trust in him, that our salvation is in him and our, and our sins are, are forgiven. But now the important that part that he gave unto man. There is he, there is, as he said, peace be unto you. Showed him his hands and his riven side. And then he said unto them that, that peace be unto you. And they believed and, and were glad that Jesus had risen from the dead. He that they knew would never live, now did live. And would live for all eternity. If the first begotten out of the grave, beloved, and, and then we will follow him on that great judgment morning. All the dead in Christ shall rise with a new body, likened unto his glorious body. And now behind the locked doors, then he says, As my Father sent me, even so send I you. The Father sent him as man to preach, filled with the Spirit of God to preach repentance and remission. And now he says, As my Father sent me, and then he breathed on them and says, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye forgive to them, they're forgiven. Whosoever sins ye retain to them, they are retained. And be- beloved, here is the mighty work of God, that he has placed the responsibility that yes, because the man bears, bears the Spirit of God in him, man then does proclaim sins forgiven to one another. We, the Word of God testifies time and time again. You are a priestly kinghood, a, a kingly priesthood. You are a, 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 a peculiar people. Yes, we're a peculiar people. When, when we fall into sin, we have a priesthood we can go to. When, when he says that whosoever sins ye forgive to them, they're forgiven. Whosoever sins ye retain to them, they are retained. And the 
world often ask me, and I've br brought this to them time and time again, and they say, well, how do you retain sins? Beloved, you don't, we don't, as people say, now your sins are retained. But when there is no need, no asking, their sins are retained. But unto the broken heart and the contrite spirit, we proclaim the gospel. How beautiful is that gospel? Beloved, I, I, I am amazed that it is written as clear as the English language can write it. These matters that I spoke of are just that clear that this is the way that God has ordained that through the foolishness of preaching, man would be saved. In, in another part in, in God's word, he says that, 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 the word, that it is nigh, nigh thee even in thy mouth. Beloved, I want you to, to know how powerful is the word of God. The word was that which created heaven and earth. Jesus is the word. Natural words are powerful. In the Old Testament time, when the priests sacrificed, uh, sacrificed animals, they sprinkled the blood on the people and on the, and on the vessels of the altar. I don't remember the details. But he said that this blood is for the forgiveness of your sins. But they had to do that year in, year out, because the blood of animals was not able to take away the sins. But the blood of Jesus is able to take away the sins of, of every sinner that comes with a broken heart and a contrite spirit desiring, desiring above all that we might, that they might have peace of conscience, that they might have a hope beyond this life. How many here have experienced, and maybe how many of you young experience when you think of your death? I say it's good to go to your own funeral many times. Many times, go to your own funeral. Behold your own body there and say, say, now what would my portion be? And beloved, if there's darkness, if you look and see only darkness, then, oh beloved, then seek light. Then know that for sure there is something lacking with you and there is a need within you. And today, we want to speak of the great grace of God. You know, we, we comprehend... We cannot comprehend uh, as human beings how deep our fall is, how totally corrupt we are, how everything we do is from the flesh is sin, but how God does not account it unto us when the Spirit has come to dwell and abide in, 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 our, in our soul. Neither can we comprehend how great the grace of God is, beloved. We were this old flesh is an enemy from day one and will be till we go into the grave. He does not want you to believe that my many sins are forgiven. He does not want to believe that want you to believe that yes, because because Jesus did it, I can do nothing but receive it. No, the devil tells you got it's got to be something else. You got to try to do something for eternal life. But beloved, the word of God says the mercy seat was just the mercy seat covered the whole ark. And in the ark was the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And the mercy seat covered it all, meaning that mercy and grace is so great that we do not do nothing but believe that we're children of God. And oh, how precious it is, beloved. When the Apostle Paul cries out, and that was the text I meant to take for the day, but it, it, I was led into another place. But in the, in the eighth chapter of Romans, when the Apostle Paul, after journeying years and years, doing the mighty work of God and doing and being the one that had done labored most of all in the New Testament time, 
Just before he went to Rome and was taken, I mean, went to Jerusalem and was taken a prisoner and brought to Rome, he writes in Romans, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body? There were certain things I believe that, that Paul actually actually had a real battle in. One of those was that one that he asked that that, that, that thorn that was given Satan to buffet him in the flesh, that that be taken away. But it, what was the answer after three times praying the same answer? My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Beloved, so today... When the enemy of your soul tells you that you don't have the right to be a Christian, that you got to do this or do that, then t tell the liar to get behind me, Satan. The blood of Jesus has washed away all my sins. I can truly believe that I'm a child of God and heaven bound. So beautiful it is. So the apostle Paul then, after he bemoans his, his wretchedness, then he uh, cries out in, in joy. He cries out in joy, but through Christ Jesus, I am the conqueror. Therefore, there is no condemnation to, to them that walk, in, 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 that walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Not one. We need, we, surely we need all to be condemned, but con condemnation is taken away. There is no condemnation, is the words of the living God, unto the, unto the broken heart and contrite spirit. The one that has a great warfare and wars in the, in, 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 in the matters of sin. And beloved, so, so it is even for us as, as children, as children of God. When we stumble and fall as a child of God, in, in, into sin. How beautiful a matter it is. Now we have the throne of grace, the, play, the same throne that we went to the first time and believed our many sins forgiven. We can go back there, but now we go back as a, as a, as a needy heart, as a child of God. Beloved, when we are a child of God, we are His till, till we, un, until eternal life is ours, or if through disobedience to God's word and his teachings, disobedience to the spirit of God, then we are led, led away. And finally unbelief comes and now we are under condemnation. But to the child of God, the reason for the, the, the blessings of, of being able to, and the liberty to be able to go to one of the priests, Anyone in the church, any child of God, and to confess and acknowledge where we have stumbled and fallen, and to hear it forgiven in Jesus' name and His precious reconciling blood. I do not know, beloved, I've talked, I've wanted to approach every church that I can, every denomination that I can, to find out where, what place does the, the child of God, when he falls into sin, what, what is his place in that congregation? The majority by far will tell you he's not saved because he fell into sin. Oh, how the devil has, how their flesh has, has, has deceived them to believe that now they, they walk without sin or somehow bury their sins or forget their sins. But you and I know as children of God, sin does not rot. And sin has a name when it is committed, and sin has a name when we are to put it away. And it is given for this reason, oh child of God, when you've fallen into sin, let me ask you, if it's been a deep sin and one that your heart has just been troubled in, 
Are you able freely to believe now? Are you able now to want, yes, Lord Jesus, come right now. Oh, that the world would end right now. No, if, you, if your experience is like mine, I have a hard time to believe. And oh, but beloved, how beautiful it is when we go and confess our sin. Bring it into the open. God knows us. He sees us where uh, and knows us better than we know ourselves. He already knows. But he does want this glory unto himself. That you wouldn't understand that you need his grace. He is glorified. God's greatest joy. I believe his greatest joy of all in, for us is that we can, he can forgive us. Forgive us our sins. But to the heart that has no need, how can he forgive that heart? And he does not forgive it. So here in the Christianity, we have the opportunity, the liberty, when we stumble and fall, to go and confess that sin, to hear it forgiven. And even in that confession, your flesh will come there and say, it wasn't good enough, it wasn't, it should have been better. But tell him to get behind thee. Know that there's nothing, beloved, that you can do with that the flesh does not come and corrupt. Not any noble deed that a man can do can, can uh, accept that the flesh will want to corrupt it. And he wants, he's a battler. He's, a, he's, he's dead, but he's not, he's still squirming there. He's still squirming and wants to trouble the child of God. Just like uh, over there in Florida when, when they ran over that 59-foot, 59-inch uh, rattlesnake, and that snake, they cut its head off, they took the skin off, they cut the tail off, the rattler off, and, and Nancy and I went out there, whatever, it was three, four hours later, and that flesh was still squirming. And it came to mind, that, that, that which we heard as a child, that a snake will not die until the sun goes down. And beloved, the enemy of the soul will not stop. No, will not stop the warfare against the spirit. It is a warfare unto death. Either the, even, either the flesh dies or the spirit dies in this warfare. And he will not give up until, until we close our eyes to this world. But beloved, we can today believe that that God that has begun the good work in us, he also will lead, give, lead us, uh, lead us onto, the, onto the end of that journey. He will, he will carry us all the way. And I will read for, for a word of meditation from the 58th chapter of Isaiah and about what the real fast is. And, and in six verse it begins in this wise, Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that ye break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house, when thou seest the naked that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thy own flesh? Hide not thyself from thy own flesh. Love needs truth, and truth needs love. Beloved, I, I believe that we can never have true love unless we have truth with it. And the truth of God's word is that simple. That yes, all of us, all of the flesh is undone. And yes, we will have that battle till, till we leave this world. Remember the Apostle Paul, he wanted, he wanted that the, that the temptations would be taken away. But you know what? Wouldn't there be some danger, and I've thought of this myself, if we were able to walk better, would we start to get self-righteous within ourselves? Oh, may God grant that all the days of our lives we have to walk. We have to walk as beggars of grace, 
praying unto God. Oh, how precious it is, dear child of God, that you pray without ceasing, and that and that you uh, that it would be it would be such that you could cry out in behalf of your own soul and the souls of others. And you know, I want to ask you a question. Sometimes when you've gone to in prayer to God and you haven't found words, you just don't know what. There's a longing in your heart unto the young. Is there a longing in your heart for something better than this world has to offer? For something better than this miserable life that has sickness and sorrow and death in it? Oh, beloved, how precious is the word of God there too. That it says that the Spirit prays in our behalf when we know not how to pray. The Spirit that dwells within your bosom prays in your behalf unto the Heavenly Father. The Spirit knows the will of the Father. The Father knows the, the Spirit through and through. And He will pray the right prayers in your behalf. Oh, how comforting that ought to be, O oh child of God, that He will, the Spirit prays in your behalf when you do not know how to pray. And now, now when we come, when we come to our text, our text speaks of those that are bound in sin, those that have heavy yokes placed upon them that they cannot believe, those that are in the prisons of sin, those that those that are those that have are are naked and they they feel that they are they when by nakedness we mean that their sins are upon them and they do not know they do they, they are unable to believe of those matters these are spiritual matters that we speak of for the natural matters they're right that we take care of all these matters but how much more is it right that we take care of the spiritual matters and then last night after the wedding, I had some, we had something, those that were, the few of you that were there, maybe four, five of us, six of us elders, we were there, we were there talking of the matters of eternity, and two young men came up to us. And that, when I thought about it afterwards, it was much bigger than when the happening took place. These two young men were about 17 years old, and they came to us, and they said, very politely, excuse us, excuse me, we'd like to, we'd like to talk to you for a minute. And here's what they said, that we're young and we need help. Would you pray for us? He said that, he says that, that look, we're, we don't, we really don't know how, how, how to, to live and we don't want to be lost. We want to get to heaven. And these two young men then said that, that would, would you pray for us? And I told the young man, I said that, that you know, uh, yes, I believe that the greatest prayers and the most important prayers are said in the closet. And he understood right away. He says, that's exactly what I mean. That each one of you pray in our behalf. That, that we would be saved. And you know what their concern was? Beloved, their concern was for the other young. And they see what the young are living in, to, in today, of the, of, the, of the sins that they are partakers of, and, and the, the very people of the church. And so I, that's what changed my whole thought of, of today's sermon here, was that, was that, oh, how we need the young and how we need to exhort the young. Oh, that you young would have listened to the doctrines of living Christianity. I, we do not want to condemn any other church. 
That's up to God. But I know for sure that these are the doctrines of living Christianity, that we have a throne of grace we can go to, that nobody is born again in solitude, that we, that yes, the, Jesus is the head of the church and we are the, we are the members of that body and the church is the mother and no, nobody is born again without the mother. So the whole world will tell you, the major part of the Christian world will say that yes, they can go into the woods and there they can be saved. But we believe firmly as we've spoken that it was through, it's it, through the preaching. It, my, the mother must be there. The mother is the church. That's the children of God. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And so that you young would understand this and also understand this, that, that when we live in sin and abide in sin and serve sin, we are lost. Let me read to you what, what, what it speaks of here in Corinthians. It's, it, the body, our body should be the holy temple where the Spirit of God dwells. Our body is a temple where the Spirit of God dwells. All of us must know this. And we should not defile that temple. The Word of God says it. But here, here it tells us, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, effeminately, effeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. If we had time, we could turn to Revelations and see what the end of them is. Eternal death, eternal darkness. And beloved young, now I want to speak. I want to speak as openly as I can. And, and, and it's crazy in my understanding. The world can use all the world, the words, the filthy words that, that men's lives are lived in and, and they use it in joy and, and in the Christianity then they're afraid that we should not, polite ears should not hear these words. But beloved today, nothing matters. Nothing matters except that you're a child of God in heaven heaven bound. And oh, how I have thought, how many of you young are bound in sin? How many of you are, of, of you are in prison? And today is the day of grace. Today is the acceptable time. And listen what it says. Know, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not enter the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, not fornicators. Fornication is, beloved, is, is sex between unmarried people. And beloved, again, we do not, uh, so that you'd understand me perfectly, and I believe that this is God's word. Not when two people are, 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 are extremely in love, and if they should fall into that, yes, it's sin. But if that's the only one they've ever known and they get married, consider what a difference it is. Here we speak, beloved young, unto the world and unto the, anyone that lives in these things. When you have sex with more than one, you are nothing but, an, nothing but a fornicator. And the Word of God is very clear, very, very clear that not such shall not enter the kingdom of God. But beloved, today we want to offer grace. Remember we spoke of how great grace is. It can cover every one of your sins, beloved. It can, it can cover all those things. And it says not an idolater. An idolatry is a worship of other things. And beloved, even in these last moments of time, 
when it is such that we have so much prosperity that we as older people, we can buy toys and then when we buy toys, then we spend time with those toys. And, and, and I say, be careful, be careful, O child of God. Be careful that, that we would not be lost in, 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 the, in, the, in the fun that we get out of the toys that we buy. Whether we, and that goes, beloved, goes for all the sports that there are in this world. I have been rebuked harshly, and I've, I've felt bad, I've wept about it. But I cannot say any different that if you go to the ball fields and where there's hundreds of thousands or 50,000 and some idol hits a home run and, the, and they get up and they cheer and they honor that idol. I do not believe, beloved, it is a place for a child of God. I would, I would exhort you it is not. The matter is this. If we want to get to heaven... And I, and I have painted that picture many times in my own heart and mind too. That, that when, that when, if I, if there were a city on the other side of the world, and they said, listen, that you can go there, the king and his son will take care of you all the days of your life. There's nothing but joy and happiness, no prisons, no, none of any of these things. And all you gotta do is sell all and, and take to make the journey there. And, and when you get there, you will be taken care of, but it's going to be a struggle before you get there. And, and then we decide that we're going to go, and we then, then we sell all, and then as the time comes up, then as we begin to think of that, of that city, then we say, well, I wonder, I wonder what that king is like. Why would he want to take care of them? What is his son like? Why would they, why would everything be so good? I want to know more about him. Where can I read more about him? Beloved, I'm speaking of eternal life. Wouldn't it be a matter that we would want that if we were going to go to that city and the closer the time came for our departure, the more our thoughts and hearts would be that I want to get there. We would study the maps. We would want to make sure that we don't go astray. We want to get to the city where we're taken care of. Beloved, so is our eternal home in heaven. Isn't it such that we have a Savior and a Redeemer that has given all. He couldn't give more. He gave his life. The Father's there. He couldn't give more. He gave His Son. And now, what are we, the journeymen to, to that land? When we get caught up in the things of this life, in the pleasures of this life, including myself, and then we do not, and, and, we, and the day begins to draw near that our departure would be to that natural city. Beloved, our conversation would be nothing, about, nothing else except about that city. We would, we would speak to all our friends. Don't you want to come? You know this city and we talk all about the beauties of it. Beloved, I want to turn it spiritual. I want to turn it onto the young hearts. What other choice have you, dear young, than to, to be a follower of Jesus? To want to, want to get to heaven? What else is there but eternal destruction, eternal darkness? Oh, that we could understand today the difference between eternal life and eternal hell. And now we, if we live in these for, uh, sins of fornication, if we live in idolatry where, and that belongs to all, 
all belongs. Every one of these warnings is for the old as well as the young. But because the young is the one that the enemy has set his sights upon to, 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 uh, uh, to defile them and lead them away. That's why we want to speak to the young. But all oh, that we would not have other idols, whether it even be our work, our money, whatever, they are, they are contrary to God's word. And now it says not uh, adulterous. And adultery is there when it's, when it's one is married and they, maybe both are married. Beloved, they, they do not enter the kingdom of God. They are not acceptable in, in the kingdom of God. Yet on this earth there is grace. There is grace for every sin. Remember, the, the mercy seat covers all. It covers, our God is so gracious that there is, there is forgiveness when there is a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And if such, if there are such that are guilty of such sins here today, oh beloved, you don't have to carry that sin. Repent of it and cease and do it, do it no more ever again, ever again. And I come, I've come to know this this too that that when when I've stumbled and fallen uh, stumbled and fallen into sin oh how hard it has been to to uh, to uh, repent of it but when God has given grace to put it away the shame on the flesh this flesh died but I know one thing I wanted never I prayed to God dear Heavenly Father do not ever allow me to fall into those sins again so so and that says not effeminately no effeminate persons nor abuses of themselves with mankind oh beloved that speaks of sex between animals and humans and not such such things take place in in this in this world but such things also the enemy of the soul will tempt the children of God into it is not that we are we are free from any temptation. He, he isn't ashamed to tempt us into all those things and and defile themselves with mankind. It speaks of homosexuality. It speaks of all the things that 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 there are, beloved, and and, and especially unto the young. One of the greatest problems of our day is pornography. Pornography is such that it is in the magazines, it's on the, it's on the television sets, it's on the, it's wherever you turn, it's, it's part, partially in the newspapers, and who can flee from all of it? But when we desire those things, and we live and abide and receive satisfaction in, in those things, beloved, you're on your way to eternal hell. There is no other way to say it. And it's got to be said boldly so that you would, so that you would be shaken into repentance. It's why do we speak this wise? Because we love you. Why is it that a child of God, there is no jealousy in the matters of eternal life? I want that everyone would be saved. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Everyone would be saved. There's no jealousy, envy. We want all to come and partake of it. So anyway, the, the, the pornography is so rampant and it is his telephone and all, all the things that they, the enemy of the soul can bring forth. And what a terrible addiction it is. It is such an addiction that Nancy and I went to the American Family Association and they said, almost impossible to break that addiction. It is such a fierce addiction. So dear young, stay away from it. And if you are in it, then cry unto God, the dear Heavenly Father, to give you strength that you would never live in those things again. Oh, and, and, and so it goes for all the illicit 
uh, illicit sins that there are, all the sins that, that border sex, and those things are, where, uh, those are incest and all the, all the sexual sins that been, can be committed. Beloved, they're in our church, but, but we, we, we're afraid to speak of it. But we want to free the ones, not to condemn you, not to down you, but to free you, beloved. That's the intent of God's word. I'm sure that's why God has me, me here this morning to speak boldly unto you. So that you do not have to be in the prison. You can be let out of those prisons of, of, of all the filthy sins that there are. And, and hear the precious gospel proclaimed. That believe all that forgiven in Jesus' name and his precious reconciling blood. And listen, it says not thieves, not one that steals. Maybe there's those that have stolen and that's still upon the conscience. Beloved, don't carry it upon the conscience. You will die because you carry it and, and you have less and less strength to fight against the enemy of the soul. The more you are obedient to God's word and the leading of the spirit and putting away sin, the easier it will be for you to journey and the less you'll fall into sin and the more you will, the more easy it will be when you fall into sin to right away put those sins away and believe them forgiven, knowing that we will that we need, need the grace of God every moment. But the problem is that when we go into unbelief, then we are eternally lost. And now we come to the main one, man, main one that I'm going to speak about today, and that's drinking and drunkards. Beloved, I have heard through the years the two young boys that came, the two young boys that came that I had been talking to the other young boy the night before, and they, he spoke of how bad it is. How bad it is in the churches that they are, in all the churches they drink, their young are drinking, and they are, they, and, and they seem to think that it's fine and all right. But beloved, the word is clear. No drunkard shall ever enter the kingdom of God. No drunkard shall ever enter the kingdom of God. It's, it's rampant, I am told. Pornography is rampant in the, in the churches. Drinking is rampant in the churches. And beloved, again, why do we speak? Because we're going to heaven, and we want our young to get to heaven also. Oh, how I would want with all my heart that all the drunkards here would, would repent of their sins and would, would cease from their drinking and ask God, the dear Heavenly Father, to, to help us. You know, and I know, that Finnish people have an addiction somewhat like the Indians, that only a few drinks and then you're, a, then you're an alcoholic. But alcoholics get to heaven. Alcoholics can be those that were, that, that, and that the meaning of an alcoholic is that their desire is towards drink, not that they're, they're drinking. But the drunkards are those that will, will not enter the kingdom of God. And then it says, not revilers nor ex extortioners shall enter the kingdom of God, but all those whose many sins are forgiven in Jesus' name and in his precious reconciling blood. <coughs> How great and enormous is grace. Oh that, oh, that you fallen one could believe today how great grace is. It can cover your sin. 
It can totally take you away from and the strength that God can give you in warring against all the sins that there are. There is there's also there's drugs which which will blow the minds of men. They tell us that they I've heard and I don't know this for exact exact so, but there are those that that are partaking of drugs from the churches too. Oh, that you would awaken before it's too late. I will tell you for sure at the end of all things is at hand, and soon the trumpet will sound, and the Son of God shall appear. And then where will you be? Oh, I remember Michelson in the old church over there. He, he, it seemed to me the foundations of the church were shaking. As he cried out, what will you children of Christian parents say? What will you say on Judgment Day when you see the graves open up and your parents are rising into heaven to meet the Savior, to ever be with him? And you are left alone upon this earth to begin to cry that eternal song of remorse. Too late, too late, I waited too long. Fool that I am here, I have to go to eternal hell because I love sin for a season and serve sin for a season. Oh, beloved young, may God grant thee, may he grant today that you can be, you can put away all your sins, that you can believe boldly that you're a child of God and that you would war and struggle on. It's not an easy road. It has never been promised an easy road to heaven. It's not a road, a path of roses and, and sunshine. But God has promised strength for the day and light for the way to lead us all the way to heaven above. Oh, this morning my heart cries out, cries out for all of Christianity, because I see how, even myself, how we, how we, where our, our thoughts and our cares are so strong, and seldom and so little do we spend around the Word of God. So little do we, when we go out and there's been a powerful sermon and the Word has been revealed, and we go out the door and we say, how is your business going? And I'm, I'm to blame for all of that also. And beloved, this morning then, I as the chief of, of those that do the wrong things, I want to be a beggar of grace. I want to hear that all the prides and the honors and all the things that, that this flesh lusts after and, and, and wars against the spirit, that that all could be forgiven me this morning. And God be thanked and praised, not only now, but in all eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thoughts came to mind when uh, Marty spoke of how it shall be on the last day when when the graves are opened up and and the righteous children of God are taken up into heaven. 
and those whose sins are not forgiven are left behind. Those who have not considered it as important, as serious as it is, their question will be, who can forgive sins? Just like the Pharisees asked in the beginning, who is there to forgive sins then when God's children are taken up and you are left here behind with your sin-burdened conscience and your troubled heart? And you will have to ask, who can forgive sins? And there is no one that can forgive sins. For all of God's children are then taken up into eternal glory. What a horrifying thought that shall be for many when they will have to go from sea to sea and from north to the east and east to the west and will have to see, just like they go now seeking for pleasure, they will go seeking for forgiveness of sins. Who can forgive sins? And there is none that can forgive sins, for God's children are gone. They have been taken up into eternal glory. But today there are those who can forgive sins. And they sit right beside you. They have the precious gospel of Christ. And the blood of Jesus can yet forgive sins, even this day, and wash away all sin and all taint. And we partake of that body and blood of Christ, even this morning hour of grace. And may it be that you could this morning, this day, partake of it with a free heart and conscience. And partake of it also for the strengthening of your faith and for encouragement on the, on the way of life. Let us pray with and for them who now will partake of the Lord's Holy Supper. Lord Jesus Christ, our bread of life, grant that thy holy communion may be a blessing to all those who today shall partake of it. That through the power of thy holy body and blood, they may receive peace and comfort to their souls, and be strengthened in faith, love, and a lively hope of eternal life. Amen. Truly it is meet, right, and blessed that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee. Holy Lord, <clears throat> Almighty Father, everlasting God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. This do as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, heaven and earth are full of thy glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let us all pray as our Lord Jesus Christ taught us, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with thee. Amen.
May this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve your bodies and souls unto everlasting life. May you thank the Lord Jesus for this blessed gift which you have partaken of and be strengthened in faith thereby to show his death until he comes for in the resurrection unto eternal life. Rise and depart in the Lord. this, the true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve your bodies and souls unto eternal life. Amen. Praise the Lord for this gracious gift of which you have now partaken, and proclaim his agonizing suffering and death until he comes for you on that glorious resurrection morn. Arise and depart in the Lord.
May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ preserve your bodies and souls unto eternal life. Praise the Lord for his gracious gift of which you have partaken, and proclaim his death until he cometh again. Arise and depart in the Lord. May this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve your bodies and souls under everlasting life. Thank the Lord Jesus for these blessed gifts which you have partaken of. And may you be strengthened in faith to show his death until he comes for in the resurrection unto eternal life. Rise and depart in the Lord. <laughs> 